The NRL may be on hold, but we are still chasing kangaroos. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 55. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. How's your Wi-Fi? Whoa, pretty good. Good. How about uh, you? Yeah, I'm okay. Seems all right. <laughs> are, you in the, are you in the car? I'm in the mobile studio. Yeah, mobile studio, my bad. And also, uh, <laughs> I, I can't do the... It's, um, it's in a garage, so it doesn't get any Wi-Fi. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just standing on a balcony freezing. Um, oh, shit. That can, that no, must... I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know if it's the. I don't know if I'm shivering because of the shock or shivering because of the tiles. Mate, um, it's probably a bit of both. A little <sighs> from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. What the fuck, man? I can't believe, like, because I just, um, I didn't expect it to happen. Like, like I, I know we should have, and but I didn't think. Hold on, hold on. Do you want to? Do you want to? This is it. This is the episode, right? So, are you editing this in, or are we? I can edit this. I can edit this in. I think we like. Okay, so let's go. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. let's just start go. by saying, yeah, I'm in the mobile studio. Big T's freezing his ass off on the balcony. <laughs> the famous Big yeah. T, I might add. We'll get to that a little bit later. But um, yeah, we yeah. are at the the studio has been commandeered by our producer Paul Murchison, who's who's self quarantined. Is he okay? Have you spoken to him lately? Yeah, he's all right. He's um, had a self isolation out of. Because the government told him to, not because he's sick. So he'll be all right. Yeah, good. Well, hopefully, um, well, who knows if we'll be back in the studio. But we thought the show must go on. So here we are, and uh, made the, the bigot. Do we? Can we even go over there? I mean, we can. You can leave the house at the moment, so we could go back into that studio. We definitely once he's unisolated. We definitely can leave the house. It's not like Italy where the army yeah. and the police are on the streets asking for uh for id but look we do yeah. we do apologize for obviously it's a, the the audio quality is a little bit different this week it's probably back to the old school days anyone that's been <laughs> listening to chasing kangaroos for a while but um yeah. but mate um yeah i'm just i didn't as i was saying <laughs> we've just learned like half an hour ago from recording this that the nrl has suspended the season and i just i kind of thought we had three or four weeks at least left before anything like this happened. But yeah. how are you feeling, bro? I don't know. I mean, they just kept making me feel... I mean, literally, I, I was saying to you, I'm, I don't know if I'm shivering because of the tiles or shivering because I'm in shock. Um, that The NRL just... I, I mean, I thought we'd do definitely round run, probably round two, and we'd be cut. And I thought that ages ago. But they just kept making me feel super confident. When the AFL cut the thing yesterday, and they were like, no, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good. I was, I was thinking, great, they've got a plan B, we're going to get everyone together and go to Queensland or whatever. They didn't think that Queensland was going to cut their borders so quickly or whatever happened, whatever happened overnight. It's just obviously shocked them. So so is that what it was? It's the borders being closed, isn't it? That has... Well, they can't, do the, they can't do the plan B because Queensland's just closed the borders and, and no one thought that the Eastern Seaboard would do that because of all of the the, the economy that, that runs constantly through us yeah. uh, and food and stuff that moves around us. So no one thought we would, the, the Victorian New South Wales or Queensland would do it. Um, I don't. I didn't understand the Volandis bit about how New Zealand has to go now. Um, I don't know what they were. I don't. I haven't kept abreast of what's happening with New Zealand's government, but obviously something serious was happening um, with New Zealand. So you, we're going to find out by the time people hear this podcast. I'll already know what New they Zealand's will know. Saying. I think I heard they were locking down for four weeks in New Zealand. So I don't. Right. I don't know if that's accurate. So I apologise to to listeners who would know. It more must be by something now. like that, though. Well, it would have yeah. to be. So the Warriors, for all that they. I mean, you became a member of the Warriors, didn't you, during the week? Financial member. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm still, I'm still happy that happened. I think I'm going to put some of that fun towards being a financial member of every club um, over this week because everyone's going to need it. You are the nicest person in the world. You make me feel well, like you're just here. I am going. Oh, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, well, anyway, it's it's on record. 
Um, but yeah. man, I think that's yeah. Now I've got to go. Do it. <laughs> you have to do it. I think that's amazing. And well, everyone, people might know not know your name, biggest tiger, but they know what you look like now. <laughs> yeah, well, through the grainy uh, FaceTime with my phone, uh, how did, um, they would. How did that? So, for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, yesterday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, I was started receiving messages asking me if that was uh, Big T on Fox, Fox on the Fox coverage of um, the Tigers game. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> There's not that many big T's, I guess, out there that look so um, pathetic when they're when they're watching other teams score against them. Um, how did that happen? Well, I, I mean, I knew nothing about it. Fox League allegedly tweeted out um, a tweet saying, "Is anyone uh, we need a fan for the Tigers game? Does anyone know anyone that should be on it?" And yeah. um, allegedly, that I was the person that everyone asked for. And so they DM'd the first I heard about it. They DM'd me and said, "Hey." Um, Big T, you interested in doing this thing? And I, um, it was luckily it was a DM that wasn't from a account I, I follow, so I had to. I was lucky enough to see, you know, those kind of non, those DMs that are kind of hidden behind another another folder. So I was lucky that I just even looked at it. So I told the guy, yeah, I'm interested in it. He told me what it was about. I then spoke to my wife about it. You know, <laughs> this was finally the this is finally the time that we lift the veil. The unmasking. And she, yeah, and um, and her and I both said that. You know, this is a crazy corona time. This is an opportunity. It's never going to happen again. I had been watching all of the games, obviously, and, and seeing those people on TV and just loving the whole concept. And so then when I was invited into it, it was it was going to be too silly to miss. Um, and, and I'm sure my employer is going to be fine about it. And I, I made a big deal about how views are my own and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I got nothing. I mean, you got text messages. You can you can understand my my phone was vibrating more than you must have been inundated. Insert dirty joke. Oh, it was it was hectic from <laughs> from people that um I hadn't spoken to for years, and and Twitter was going gangbusters. They were thoroughly enjoying finally being um, derobed because because I've spent the best part of six or seven years on there covering my face, and everyone thoroughly enjoying me covering my face, and and often getting on television and other things. Um, like on the footy show, you know, on the audience and things like that and, and perfectly moving my or just shifting my head so that when the camera pans past, I don't get seen. And it's been to people's enjoyment and ridiculousness that, that that's happened for so long. So they were very, they were very thrilled to see me there um, and for Vossi to talk so much about me during it also made a lot of people laugh. Um, well, I assume Vossi's like taking you out to dinner once restaurants are open again in six months' time because <laughs> you guys are like best friends now. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't need to pay, mate. I'd be paying for the whole thing if Vossi even spoke to me. I would. I'd fall over. His voice is so beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, he was great. And I mean, they're also doing their best. Everyone's just doing their best to get us through this ridiculous time. Well, um, well, mate. What, 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 what? Where do we start here with this conversation? Because obviously, we've got a few things we need to talk about. Um, Not with the rest of the Tigers game. We can skip over let's, that. Yeah, Anything let's else you want to let's talk about? skip that. We'll skip the Dragons as well. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, as the Dragons and Tigers fan, we're probably kind of happy the season's on pause for a bit because we can try and get our shit together in that regard. But, mate, um, what 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 does this mean? Like, because I'm still trying to wrap my head around what this means for the NRL as we know it because we've heard Volandis and, and Greenberg say that financially the club can't afford to oh the clubs can't afford and the NRL can't afford to be on hold for too long. Like, does the NRL exist next year? Like, am I? I'm. I'm. I'm being drastic, right? Like, tell yeah, me. Yeah, you are being drastic. The NRL exists next year for sure. The um the thing that I found most interesting though was Valandi said all sixteen clubs come back. I, I hadn't thought about that. A reporter asked, "Do all sixteen teams yeah. last this?" And he said, "We're one family. We're one thing. We're, we're all getting through this." And the West Tigers blue tick account beautifully tweeted out um, just after that announcement. We're thinking about our family tonight, and then they added every other, all fifteen other clubs underneath. And so there's obviously a real feeling in the NRL and their clubs that this often, whenever we've done stuff, you know, since Super League and before Super League, everything's yeah. been about everything's been in club land, and the NRL's trying to stitch everyone up, and the clubs are doing what's best for them. Whereas this really. I mean, COVID nine's really cha- changed everyone's perspective on everything. So it's brought yeah. everyone together. Because that was yeah. my my number one concern was: do we see, do cl- can can club will clubs, all the clubs survive? Yeah. But, but Valandis and the clubs are saying they're sticking together. I didn't see that. That's 
fucking beautiful, to be honest with you. Like, well, I mean, that's what they're saying, right? But but I saw one excellent. There's an excellent podcast called The Rugby League Digest. They're doing a um, yep. an expose on on Super League. Super League. Yep. And one of their hosts is a stand-up comedian. He was saying that um, <laughs> I saw this. That he was saying at the moment, if we started cutting out Sydney teams, there'd be no no one would be able to go out and march against it. Phenomenal. But it was a it's a great. Um, I mean, it's a very sad indictment of what could ha- could really happen. Is that we, this is the push that pushes us into fixing stuff globally for global warming, and this is the thing that pushes us um, into changing the NRL. Uh, you know, to have less Sydney teams and whatever. Well, it could be that sort of natural selection, you know, that yeah. di- didn't really happen during Super League, which is kind of what some wanted back then. Yeah. But it could it could happen here. And I guess we don't know. I guess we're not, like, no one knows. We don't know. We didn't expect this to happen today. We don't know when it's going to be back. I mean, you, we, we you could it... definitely You could definitely excuse the NRL or you could feel that if they said, guys, we're running out of space for three Sydney teams, COVID-19's killed us, it's three Sydney teams, it's going to be fans would hate it, but no one's going to be able to, no one would be able to debate it as well as they could have if the NRL just said, hey, it's going to be economically beneficial if we do this. This is like, you know, the, the world's changed, so this has changed. Um, and, and also, before Michael and I keep going, we completely understand that the the world is bigger than rugby league and you know people are yeah. dying and things like that everything is coming with an asterisk we, we we've said before cubs that our entire lives also revolve around rugby league and anyone listening to this knows that they're here for more rugby league chat so i do want to just give that quick asterisk um i think i think our listeners will understand that mate we're not a political yeah, podcast yeah. we're not a world yeah. news podcast <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. um we're a rugby league podcast an international yeah. rugby league podcast that's and that's true that that's i guess the next question for me, because I think one of the big, the biggest losers of this whole thing is going to be international rugby league because for sure. that's pretty much, if the NRL is on hold, yeah, then you may as well scrap international rugby league now because Oceania Cup before today was postponed. That's unlikely to go ahead, you would think now. Yeah. Kangaroo Tour, we're hearing, will be cancelled. That's almost certain to happen now. Um who knows what happens with Euro Americas and the MEA championship. You'd think they rely less on NRL players. So, you know, if they're using more local players by, by the end of the year, when that's all sort of happening, maybe, maybe it can still happen, but but who knows? Super league of course is on hold as well. We don't know how long that's going to go for. Um, This could be after, you know, a couple of years of great growth for international rugby league. It's a real shame in that regard. And like you said, there's other things happening around the world, but we're no, no, yeah. focusing primarily yeah. on what this show is about. Yeah. Um, I think what, we said that. I think we said that enough. And I know I keep thinking it, but I still think I'm going to, I'm going to stop saying it because I know everyone. Yeah. Believes let's that. stop. The, um, you know what though? I think international rugby league though, I think it might actually have, a, it does have a community feel. Everyone who's everyone outside of the main ones, New Zealand, England, Australia, when you talk to Americans, when you talk to Jamaicans, they're loving it because of the community vibe. It's bringing people together and and it's that hanging out with people and, you know, it's that fun um, community vibe. And and this is the kind of thing that once COVID-19 gets hammered down, rugby league is the kind of thing that brings those communities back together. They come out, they get fit, they talk about their experience and and they, you know, they do something socially together and, and places like California Rugby League and and Canada and those spots are, are going to be in a great position, Jamaica to to you know help build those communities again. That's exactly what this this great sport does. Well, if there's been one positive, it's that in terms of world sport, the NRL had the spotlight True. firmly shone on them for at least a week. Yep. Um, you 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 live on Twitter, um, so you would know the amount of like Americans that were tweeting about this this foreign sport that kind of looks like that rugby game yeah. that I don't really know much about. And um, it's it's been quite amazing. All of a sudden, the NRL are opening up discussions with... Um, with ESPN. Uh, and... e- ESPN. Yeah. And um, this could... There, there could be a little bit of light there in yeah, yeah. all of this bad news. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and, yeah. and the other thing about it is that so much of the football around the world is also done through juniors and through high schools and stuff. So they're all going to need to get back into it. Um, it's an easy game, you know. It's one ball. It's it's not, it's not a huge uh, equipment game. So you know, cost isn't going to be a problem. Uh, you know what I thought though today. This is a sadder thing, but this is a golden point for yeah. us Cubs. Both yeah. Malta, who you love, and Russia, who I love, both announced at the same time that their seasons were being postponed 
well, their rugby league and their country was being postponed today. It made me cry almost. That was very sad for both those uh, nations. In particular, in particular, Russia. For, for me, uh, no offense to Malta, like oh yeah, yeah, uh, but Russia haven't had domestic rugby league for a couple of years, so they had just come out with their new board, announced that it was happening, and, and now they've had to announce that it was on hold. Um, and kindly enough as well. So before all this sort of started happening, John Christie who is on the board over there in Russia, the Englishman on the board. Mm. Uh, he, we, we had, we've been chatting for, since I started the podcast and he uh, wanted to come onto the show to announce all of the, everything that was going on over there domestically. So he's penciled in to come on either next week or the week after. Yeah. I was, spoke to him yesterday and he's still very keen to come on oh, great. and let us know exactly even though it's on hold, yep. let us know exactly what's happening over there, yep. what they're going to be doing, what the plans are. So I think that's awesome. Like there's still, we still, and that's what this podcast is going to try and, and be, pretty much we're going to be what we always have been. And that's bringing news from those developing nations and the people doing the hard work in those develop, developing nations. The competitions may be on hold, but the plans are still there and, and we're going to shed as much light as we can on that. The later, later in this episode, um, I'm going to say it. the plan is that I'll be sitting down with someone from Spanish Rugby League, uh, uh, Dean Buchan. Um, he is the CEO of the Valencia Hurricanes or the Huracanes. I think, I think that's how they pronounce well it. Um, he's also on the board of Spanish Rugby League and he was penciled in to speak about Valencia with me today. Uh, but we've decided that we're going to speak a little more about Spain and we'll hold off on the Valencia chat until later right. on. Because given given the way the world is at the moment, um, Spain and and their plans is going to be something that we can positively speak about. Um, at, at this point, I don't know if that's going ahead. So I'm, I'm I'm going to edit it. We'll edit it later on. So to the listeners that are listening now, they will have read the description of this podcast and know if it's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. But um, that 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 is the way of the world at the moment. And so you know we'll what? See what happens there. This also the this podcast has also been great. Not just telling us about um what's happening in places, but you've also highlighted so many great people that are working around um, in all facets of the game. Um, your mate from the Balkan place. Where it's oh, like, Colin, yeah. Colin Claywig. I mean, yeah. the, your Howlin' Hour and, um, and Nate Gladden last week. All of these people are telling us great information, but we also then get to know them so much better um, and just and find out all these great people around the world. So even talking to your Russian mate is going to be fascinating, even just to hear who he is, what he's, how he got there, and what he really wants to do post COVID. I feel, and then I feel like these are all characters in yeah. like the show that is yeah, chasing Kangaroo. Exactly, exactly, and um, and they repeat. They often repeat some of these characters. So even if even if everything is about what happens post COVID, and no one can really know, but we know that COVID eventually ends. It's just also great finding out about the people working in Spain, the people working in Russia. Um, so it's, that's it's exciting. sensational. And I had a great suggestion from uh, Joanna Lester today. Uh, and she, she were having a few emails back and forth. She's the, she's the producer, creator of um, Power Mary. Oh, wow. And amongst, amongst many other things as well. She's done so many great things to grow the game. And her suggestion was, um, why don't we try and get some more players on? Because what else are they doing at the moment? You know, they're sort of in lo- all in lockdown. Smart. And it is something that... W- we wanted to do this year and uh, tr- we're trying to get in the works, but maybe we up the ante on that a little yeah. bit, Big T, and see what we can do. Maybe you can get your mate Andrew Voss on. Who knows? That's an excellent I mean, idea. You, you, guys, you guys are best. I don't know if it, he knows a lot about um, under-20s and all of that stuff, so that's not a bad idea. Also, we, we're talking to um, Men of League Foundation who, who are going to talk to us. The issue that I have is, is around equipment because we can't get it out of isolation at the moment, but, but she's also yep. going to be talking to us she was going to talk to us about what, what they've been doing, but you can imagine the post-COVID world foundations like that are going to be so important to help people get back on their feet. So that's going to be a great um, future interview. There's plenty going on on the show, and we're just going to keep going until the government tells us to stop. Yeah. They're going to they're going to put a hold on recording podcasts soon. Who knows what's going to what's going to happen? Well, the great thing about podcast uh, cubs is that I can do this with if I am sick. You know what I mean? We, we exactly. just edit out the coughs, even keep them in. You know, it's just a timestamp of what was happening at the we, time. We could get to the point where you and I are in hospital beds, <laughs> probably in the same room, <laughs> recording this podcast. Yeah. A, to, in memoriam to Big T, this season will be the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's, man, look, it's, it's all happening around the world. Um, the big international news as well, which we will touch on, is um, the decision to expel yeah. Tong, the Tongan National Rugby mm. League 
has been upheld. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit as well because um, a, a few people have DM'd me and messaged me about this and they're saying, well, why, why is Tonga expelled? What are we going to do without Tonga? They've been so great, yada, yada, yada. I just want to clarify that, like, this does not mean that Tonga are finished. Like, the expulsion is of the Tongan National Rugby League, the board that administers rugby league in Tonga yeah. and the Tongan national team. So the, Tonga Tonga's not going anywhere. In fact, all that's going to happen is, well, what, what will happen at first, no doubt, the Tongan NRL will challenge this expulsion. It'll go through the courts. But meanwhile, the, the International Rugby League will request for a new governing body uh, and, and a body that will be backed by the clubs, the 21 clubs in Tonga ah. and by the national team as well. So it's, it's going to happen. I guess the idea is that they've got plenty of time before the World Cup to really make it an official Tonga rather than a Tongan Invitational yeah, 13. Yeah. But, but regardless of what happens here, guys, like Tonga ain't going anywhere when it comes to International Rugby League. The only thing that can stop it is COVID-19. So it's only on hold. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to make that really clear because there's a lot of, there's always a lot of shit online and people bagging yeah. this situation out. And, and I just wanted to make it clear, Tongan Rugby League, they're going to have a chance to win that World Cup. Also, as, no, no matter what. As, as someone who's often been... Um... Uh, uh, alleged that he doesn't listen to what other people are saying when they're reading out. Or anything <laughs> You'll about. never let that go, will you? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that you've told this this before a couple of times. The tongue is always going to be fine. It was just a crappy board. And in fact, I have a vague memory that I did a I did a golden points about how they already did appeal, and that this was. I think what's actually been quashed now is their appeal. I think they're completely cooked, and that they have to come up with a new board. I hope they're completely cool. Yeah. And because it needed to go on. We And we spoke about this last time, Big T, as well, mm. but how the board spent $80,000 of the players' money on a, a rugby union seven, on the rugby union seven side. Oh, my God. So, like, ridiculous. But that's, you know, these are just some of the, some of the things that, that the board, board have done mm. and one of the reasons why they're gone. And, look, let's be honest, too, it's happening all over the rugby league world. This is what happens when you go from a minor nation to a top four nation, I suppose, right. like the spotlight is shone on them and they, they need to do things right and this is the right way to go. Um, and, it, yeah, it's all happening. But, man, I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're listening now. So you've, <laughs> you've been listening to every episode twice. Yeah, it's just been shaming me into listening and now I'm finally listening. Uh, but also I just they're at the peak of their powers. Um, so that's another reason yeah. why it's happening. A lot of people might be saying, you know, why now when they're going so well? It, it's happening now because when you get power and success – um, you know, people either use it well or don't, and, and we found out that these people unfortunately won't. So they'll find now people who are professional enough and, and can deal with that kind of power and resource, and, and, and Tonga will hopefully only go from strength to strength. It won't be the last time it happens either. We've seen it many times in our right. sport. This is rugby league, and uh, or rugby league, <laughs> and uh, it's it's going to keep happening. Um, yeah, mate, so... Speak, speaking great. of rugby league, I'm yeah. so sorry to take us all the way back, but I, I thought no, the no. press conference was great. And really, I think most of the stuff that they've done, um, Volandis and, and Greenberg, has actually been really well thought out and, and well said and clear. Um, the rugby league thing has been an instant meme, which has been also kind of great because it's given us something to laugh about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. I agree. I agree. And we're, we're, no matter where you stand on the issue, whether you think the NRL should have – because I know a lot of our friends in Europe, for example, in places where – they have been in mm. lockdown for quite mm. some time. They don't understand. They're like, how the fuck is this happening? Mm. Why aren't they shutting it down? Because they understand the severity of the issue that in Australia, we are only really beginning to understand over the last couple of days with, with recent news. But the the best thing that has come out of this for me with Ree Valandis is he, he has shown that he is the leader that we needed right, right now. And and what the, the reason I'm saying that is every single club has gotten behind him and just went with his decision. Apart from maybe Cameron Smith, who sort of questions and it Gus at first, Gould. and then and, and Gus Gould, but he he questions mm. everything, right? But but pretty much the code, the game as a whole in Australia and New Zealand with the Warriors supported the decision and and all worked together, which kind of goes back to what you said originally. Yeah. So it's um I think great leadership. We can all agree on that. And look, hopefully hopefully we're not shut down for too long. Hopefully the NRL is not shut down for too long. And um, we can get back to enjoying I the game. I did see someone suggest that we just go back to New South Wales Rugby League. 
And we, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's where, where does that end? You know what I mean? Like eventually it'll be Newtown versus yeah. Glebe because, you know, there'll be suburbs shut down. Yeah. Who knows? I would but, love to go and see that. I, I, I would go and watch. I would watch I, that streamed on someone's phone, you know, at, uh, at the Henson Park or at some, uh, the dog track that they play Glebe games at. If that's what it comes down to, Cubs, I will watch pub football. I, my suggestion has been uh, um, lounge room knee football. Like get get amongst it, get on your knees, get a little, anything, a pair of socks, yeah. use that as a footy and just, I don't know, you remember playing that as a kid? I do. Did I just make a no, game No, no, it, it burnt my knees terribly. I remember, you need to have pants. It was the worst. <laughs> that's if you have carpet. If you're playing on, on tiles. Uh, no, like, anything. Well, that's, that's what the, t- the tough kids are doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 any of that. I, <laughs> obviously, I had soft knees. I don't know. Well, what, what an incredible, what an incredible couple of days it's yep. been who knows what will change by the time this goes yeah, live that's a great point um, big t is big t has been unmasked it's kind of like home improvement <laughs> when they showed wilson's face after after i think 11 years <laughs> that's exactly what it is oh, i can't believe i hadn't thought of that that's an excellent analogy and he and we're gonna be big big and that Wilson. means you're tim the Toolman taylor I loved it. This is a great analogy. That, make, yeah, that, that makes me Tim. <laughs> well done. Oh, mate. Well, 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 mate. Glad we are still here speaking over the phone. I've just had uh, a message from Spanish <gasps> Rugby League that he's yes. ready to go. So, I think it's happening. Let's let's do this. Let's quickly mention our friends at Mascot Browns, dot Browns dot com dot au. The ten percent discount code still applies. Uh, it's 2020 vision. That's two zero two zero vision mm-hmm. one word. And um, like stuff is still being delivered, guys. So if you're bored at home, you end up doing a bit of shopping online. Uh, there's some good California gear. There's some good gear from all over the world. Excellent. So check that out. 2020 vision. Great way vision. to support the world. Uh, T. Um, and I just want to say as well before I do let you go, Big T. Like t- t- on a serious note, anyone out there, like we have t- Big T and I have conversations with listeners and rugby league fans on on social media daily like people just hit us up and want to chat to us and like if anyone is feeling a little bit lost a little bit lonely or a little bit um i won't say shell shocked but a little bit like just upset by whatever situation they're in right now and they just want to chat whether it be about rugby league or anything else i think it's important that we're all here together uh we're all in this together so if anyone wants to reach out say hello Tell us how you're going, whether it's about rugby league or not. Then I'll tell you. I'll no, speak that's on really well said, well, Cubs. I'm at the biggest tiger, and that's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I think that's all of them. So you can find me on any of those. Reddit, the exact same thing at the biggest tiger. Excellent branding. I got the same name on everything. And so, yeah, no, completely agree. You DM me about anything. I'm, I'm in that exact same boat. Anyone who wants to talk about rugby league at any time, even if you want to just trash on the Tigers over the late. You want to talk about the 89 Grand Final at the moment. I'm happy to talk to you about the 89 Grand Final. So, Yeah, and that goes to, yeah, at Michael Carbs across all channels or at Chasing Roos Pod at most channels. Yeah. You'll, you'll find it. Just look it up. You'll find it. And, yeah, happy to talk even about, uh, where should we go, 1985, 92, 93, 99 <laughs> Grand Finals as well. Um, <laughs> but especially the 2010 Grand Final. But, guys, we're all in this together. And um, T, we're going yep. to keep rolling, buddy. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you and I are in this together. Yeah, mate. true. Let's keep chasing kangaroos Thanks, together. What's up, podcast? Just interrupting the chat to let you know about a special offer from our friends at Sports Flick, exclusive for Chasing Kangaroos listeners. So Sports Flick is like the Netflix for niche sport, and it includes some cool shit like bare knuckle boxing, football from the Middle East, and baseball from South America. But most importantly for us, it's the only place you can watch replays and all the latest from the Balkan Super League, Serbian Rugby League, and Serbian International Rugby League matchups. Uh, we can confirm that Sports Flick are in negotiations with two other domestic competitions in developing rugby league nations close to our heart, mine and Big T's, and we hope to be able to bring you some news on this soon. Uh, but the way it works is by monthly subscription, so it's $9.99 US or $14.95 Australian per month. But Sports Flicks are giving you 75% off for three months, so that that's $2.49 US per month for the first three so if you like it keep it and if not you can cancel any time but give it a shot if you want to watch some serbian rugby league balkan super league and serbian internationals uh, jump on sportsflickglobal.com that's sportsflickglobal.com to find out more and use the discount code chasing kangaroos or one word 
for, uh, to activate your 75% discount for three months. Uh, all the details will be in the show notes. Now back to the show. All right, podcast. Well, I am very happy to be on the phone with uh, a good friend from Spain, Mr. Dean Buchan. He's the CEO of the Valencia Hurricanes or Huracanes and the CEO of the Spanish Rugby League or the Espana Rugby League, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about this evening, my time, but this morning, your time. Dean, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. No, thank you for having me. Mate, uh, obviously, the world... Uh, is not the happiest place at the moment. There are people in lockdown and, and all sorts of things happening. Spain is a country where, you know, the virus is kind of quite prevalent at the moment. I think it's, I think I read that it's like second to Italy at the moment in Europe in terms of like um, number of casualties and things like that. But the idea tonight is we want to take the minds off our listeners off all of that and talk about some positive stuff and talk about Rugby League in Spain, which is a place that many people on this side of the world anyway, in the Southern Hemisphere, don't even realise that Rugby League is played. So, mate, I've really look, been really looking forward to this chat for, for a number of weeks. Okay, perfect. <laughs> mate, tell us a little bit about, first of all, your involvement with Spanish Rugby League, how that started and, and how, obviously, an Englishman like yourself, judging by the accent, got involved in, in the club at Valencia and Rugby League in Spain. My journey really started two years ago with um, the, the founding of Valencia Canis. Um, in in Valencia six years, um, and two years ago, I wanted my children to start playing rugby league, um, and I just couldn't find anywhere for them to to play rugby league. There was amateur men's teams, but there was no real player development beyond that. Um, so after a few conversations with people talking to different investors was formed um, I know that Hurricanes aim is to enter the, the English league structure as an expansion club yep. like Catalan, Toulouse and, and, and Toronto um, and really as a byproduct of all that work with Valencia Hurricanes um, around six, seven months ago um, we got together with the Spanish Rugby League uh, guys and we started working together. Um, that led to me being invited onto the board. And as of January this year, I essentially became the head of, of Spanish Rugby League. So it's just a very natural, organic way it happened really, but all kind of by accident. Did you say so that was my next question? Did you expect that to happen, or was it just out of the blue? Um, it <laughs> kind of was out of the blue, but then as we started talking, um, as Valencia Hurricanes, and as we were talking about Spanish rugby league, it was clear that we had the objectives. The objective is to develop yeah. rugby league here in Spain. So, if you have two entities working separately on the same objective, make a lot of sense. Um, yep. So it became it became all very quickly, kind of last August September. Joined forces because it was going to save a lot of energy. It was going to save a lot of money, and it was going to produce better results. That's that's the bottom line. So, Dean, tell me, like before your time on the board of Spain, there, what did Spanish rugby league look like? It's fair to say it was struggling. Um, you know, rugby leagues in Spain is a sport that gets no government funding. Um, so yeah. The guys were doing uh, kind of pre the last six months was done with, you know, volunteers, finding money for things. And that obviously affects the sport as a whole, um, which we we all kind of, we understand. So we've, over the last six months, we've formed a brand new strategy that will hopefully help league go from a transition of an amateur sport up to a professional sport in a number of years. Awesome. Yep. I think we can, um, like, applaud those who came before you for actually getting things started. And, you know, maybe without that, although it was struggling, maybe without them we wouldn't be where we are today. But it sounds like since you've gotten on board six months ago that 
things are starting to look a little bit clearer and there seems to be a plan in place. Um, tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing maybe in the way of development and we can work our way towards some future plans and letting our listeners know what's going on. Yeah. Um, first of all, yeah, it is important to recognise the people who came before who spent six yeah. years struggling and fighting to have a sport because yeah. without them, there is no now. Uh, that's 100% true. And it's not a case of that I've come in as some sort of rugby league messiah and fixed everything <laughs> yeah. because those people yeah. are still working in the project. We've made some tweaks. Right. Yep. We've moved some roles around. Yep. But isn't, this is in book and saving rugby league in Spain. You know, the, the people of the last six years are working just as hard as me for Spanish rugby yep. league. So to get to the second part, what are we doing? Um, well, we've just changed the focus. The focus probably up until the end of last year was sure there was a, um, a men's team that could compete on the field and to a degree we've, su we've succeeded in that but everything that we're doing six months is all off the field things the things that people don't necessarily see we started going into schools and putting rugby balls in kids hands and teaching them That's about rugby league yep. um, we've spent a lot of time and energy forming a women's team so, so that we can say that rugby league is fully inclusive, you know, because we have a men's team, we have a wheelchair team that is in next year's World Cup. Yep. How can you say a sport's inclusive if you don't open it up to to girls and boys of all ages? Of course, yep. And so that's yep. really the real uh, key change that we've made that we're hoping that in the, in, in the short to medium term, we're going to see some really positive results from that. Yeah, and you you mentioned earlier that you you sort of started Valencia because you wanted your kids to play rugby league. Are, are those opportunities there? So, uh, to, like, I want to go deep into what's happening at the schools. Like, how does that work? Are the are kids able to play regularly? Is it training sessions? Like, I think our listeners will be really keen to hear, you know, what's happening at those sort of grassroots levels. So the thing to understand here is that the sports teams are not connected to the schools, which is something yeah. that, that I'm kind of used to in, in England and, and the States. So we can go into schools and we can, during PE, we can teach the children about um, rugby league and make an introduction, introduction, teaching them skills. But actually, um, we have to work with the local government, the local councils, inform yep. um, youth teams for the people to train after school. So that's the thing that we're focusing on. So um, we, we have a plan. We're, we're talking to lots of different councils all over the place about the next academic year, which will start in, in September. There will be those yep. options for people in lots of different areas in Spain. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's talk a little bit about the domestic competition then, because we understand there's there are clubs there, um, and obviously the domestic competition's on hold right now. But but maybe prior to to this COVID nineteen, and and let's talk post COVID nineteen as well. But what what does that domestic competition look like? Who are the clubs? When do they play? Um, where do the players come from? Okay, so yeah, it's true that there's um, there's quite a few amateur clubs that have existed for the last six years. We think of people like Torrente Tigres, Chattiva Roosters, um, Gossos, Madrid Custodians. So it's it's fair to say that there is a wide ranging number of clubs across Spain playing rugby league. Yep. The idea this year before happened with this virus was to, to establish a new domestic season that would have started in April. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Yeah. What we're doing is we're pushing that season to September. Um, we're not exactly sure how that will operate now because it will be a condensed in some format. But the, the main thing is that Spain will have a domestic league, whereas in 2019, the domestic league kind of collapsed a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. The really positive thing, and I think this is uh, a little bit of a surprise, was as a byproduct of Valencia Huracanes standing up and saying it's going to be the first professional club. We've had other consortiums join together and make applications to the the Spanish Rugby League. So we've that's what really interests me. So yeah, who are where are these clubs coming from? Who are they? So three have already received their participation agreements. Um, so there's a team in Madrid called Madrid Osos or Madrid Bears. There's a team in Maleros, which are Malaga Bandits. And there's a team in Barcelona, yeah. Barcelona Dragons, which I'm assuming everybody understands what that means. Um, yeah, we're pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We've also got 14 more applications um, pending uh, where there's 14 other clubs or groups who are trying to meet the criteria of the ARL to gain entry into the into the National League. Now, of course, yep. all of them are good, not all of them are going to make it. Um, but that is such a positive thing when we consider where we were two years, one year, or even six months ago. That is that is huge. And what sort of when you talk criteria, like what sort of things are you looking for, or what do you require? So um, every single team that wants to enter the national league, it has to commit to a women's team a wheelchair team and, and yep. uh, youth player development. So that's kind of the, yep. the key aspects. And obviously they have to show that they can support that, not just for a, not just a, a six-month period, but a long-term business plan. Um, and, and obviously I can't say too much because some of the things are confidential. Um, so everyone, everyone who, who comes into our league will have those obligations placed placed on them, um, which is, again, just going to absolutely develop Spanish rugby league across the board. Well, that's that's really impressive that three nations plus Valencia, uh, three clubs plus Valencia have met that criteria and there's, you know, there's going to be more. So that's pretty incredible considering that the sport didn't really exist in Spain six years ago or seven years ago. So that's, that's fantastic news. And I think a lot of our listeners would be shocked to hear some of that. Um, the development. Just, just on that, it's, yep, sorry. Um, it can, it, to some people, it might sound unbelievable. You know, how can you go from nothing yeah. to that? Is this fantasy? I think rugby league is one of the biggest sports of broken promises of what people are going to do. The difference is, is yeah. you have to understand that rugby already exists here. So rugby union exists. People are... Yeah. And participation of rugby is up 10 15% year on year. So it's projected yeah. that um, in, in 10 years, rugby will become potentially the second sport of Spain. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not quite yeah. sure. But that obviously feeds into we're just not te- we're not teaching people about a new sport. We're teaching them about a new version of a sport they're already familiar with, um, and that's yeah. a big that's a big advantage. Um, and of course, there's a lot of children, there's a lot of teenagers, there's a lot of adults playing rugby union who, quite frankly, they're not suited to it because of size, athleticism. A number of things and so when they see league they have another opportunity to pursue a sport that they love yeah and we see that in so many different parts around the world and um you know it's it's again i say this all the time but coming from australia it's hard to imagine a world where rugby league and union sort of get along but it seems to be happening in more and more places. And, and by the sounds of it, Spain is one of these places where, would I be right to say that players play both? They do. Um, that doesn't mean that to say that there's a nice um, friendship between the two codes. I think um, <laughs> rugby yep. union and rugby league just, for some reason, never agree to work together. And um, We've had yep. some conversations and some really... Uh, interesting statements from Rugby Union um, here. 
are you able to are you able to shed any light on that, or is it something that you can't really go into? It's, at this point, it's probably best not to to quote people, but, <laughs> but let's just say um, we've succeeded despite despite the efforts of of rugby union. But what there a key yeah. advantage here in the fact that all of the infrastructure the um, the rugby pitches, the stadiums, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, they're owned by the government in most cases. So it's um, that gives us a huge advantage, say, against England or France. Um, but also where rugby yeah. union is in terms of Spain versus where rugby union is in in England, Australia. Um, in in lots of ways, it's still an amateur sport um, or semi-professional. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of cases here in Spain. And so that allows us to attract players. Whereas if it was a fully domestic league and we were coming, trying, it would be a lot more, a lot more difficult, obviously. Um, but that being said, that, that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean that the whole of rugby union is against us. You know, there's, there's a number of clubs yeah. who have shown an interest in, in forming a rugby league team. Um, now that they can see that we actually have a plan and they can see that there's a strategy unfolding that is supporting rugby not just rugby league we're actually finding a little bit of the um the ice is thawing out shall we say um with the rugby union club and we hope that that continues because obviously if rugby union and rugby league work together everywhere both sports would be in a better place well there's certainly i'm seeing more and more there's certainly room for both no matter i mean we love rugby league um, on this show, obviously, and all our listeners do as well. But there is room for everyone, I suppose, in this world of sport, especially at the moment where there's not much sport being played. But I, I'm, I'm interested in the strategy that you've mentioned. And um, I know you can't go into huge detail with some of it, but I'm interested to know where it leads and what the path is, like where you see the domestic competition in Spain growing to uh, in 5, 10, 15 years. The ultimate objective, and you know, you've got to be ambitious when you set up a strategy. But the ultimate ambition is a is a professional league, a professional league, um, full of not just domestic players, but I think it would be fantastic if we could get to a point where players from other countries saw it as an appealing league to come and play in. Um, that's what we're working towards now. Are we going to achieve that in 2020, 2021? No, we're not. Um, what we're doing is we're putting all the foundation in place so that that can be a conversation for later on. So your goal is to be one of the top professional leagues. Like you see a time one day, and I know it might sound ambitious, and like you said, people will say it's crazy, but you see a time where you've got the NRL, the Super League, and Spanish Rugby League right up there nipping at the heels. It'd be nice. And I think, you know, um, the initial objective is to develop domestic players. Those players are going to develop. And as those players develop, as we grow our fan bases, yeah. why not? Why not become a serious league? You know, why not be mentioned in the same conversations as the UK, France and Australia? Um, yeah, it's a long-term project. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking five, ten years time. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, once yeah. upon a time, they weren't serious leagues. So it's just the same thing. And as a, as a growing sport, you know, around the world, we can see that rugby league is growing. Um, there's a lot of emerging nations trying to do something. So there is space for a new league. Um, um, we hope to be that league. I guess time will tell whether we, um, whether we succeed or not. I think it's great to have that ambition and, um, you know, we would certainly love to see that. I know another league, another pro league at that top level would uh, would be fantastic for the game internationally and especially in Europe at the moment. Do you, do you, do you guys work much with your neighbours in France? Like I know you mentioned the, the Barcelona Dragons. Like, well, obviously in that sort of Catalonian region, do you see opportunities for the game to grow on that border? I think anyone who is starting something, um, it's obvious that they will try and make connections with the people currently doing something. So um, 
Will Barcelona yeah. try and make a connection with Catalan? Um, I don't know because I'm not personally involved in that club. Uh, we only oversee their meeting yeah. the league criteria. Um, it does sound kind of obvious that they yeah. might do that, though. Um, uh, we're, we're not. Yeah. We're not ignorant of that, and I think it's a positive thing. Um, is there scope for every Spanish club to either dual reg or make a connection with a UK club or French club? Um, absolutely. Will they do that? I'm not quite sure. Um, it's. Um, I know that as a as the owner of Valencia Huracanes, that's what we're looking to do. It's an obvious connection to make. Why not connect with a UK club? Why not connect to a French club where we can learn and share resources and benefit one another in the sport? Um, so I think to answer your question, each club will do it slightly different. But I think the clubs that will prosper will be the ones that make connections. And we see that already. We see that already in the existing leagues. That the clubs that have the connections are prospering. I'm very tempted to ask you more questions about Valencia because, and I know we're going to have a separate conversation about that later on down the track once all the competitions start coming back online around the world and I'm looking forward to that but I do want maybe a little bit of a taste of that conversation like I, I want to understand how Valencia expect to sit compared to the other teams if they're going for League One do they see does Valencia see themselves as a part of this d- domestic competition or do they see the clubs that are going to be in this domestic competition as sort of a feeder system to them if they make it up to League One? Whew, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. <laughs> these, are what, these are the questions that go on. The, there's a number of options, and let me try and explain why there's a number of options. And it's not me sitting on the fence here. Yep. So there was originally yep. one idea because we never expected... Um, other clubs to stand up and say, we can be competitive against the Valencia. So the original plan was exactly what you're talking about, a feeder system that fed in and supported the club, which fed the International League. Things have moved so quickly here um, that it surprises a little bit. And speaking now purely as Valencia Huracanes, um, there's scope to tweak that. Um, how we tweak that yep. is still not clear because it does dis- it does depend what version of Madrid turns up in the league, what version of Barcelona turns up, and and, and other clubs. Um, but I think yep. a really good example would be how Catalan Dragons do it. Um, Catalan Dragons obviously are competing in Super League, but they have a team registered in fr- in the French league too. Um, and that yep. makes sense because obviously they can't afford to be flying their, their reserves or their youth, youth teams across to England. And so that would make a lot of sense that any team that was in yep. a, a different country to the, to the where they were competing, will that, does that mean that will 100% yep. happen? No, because there's lots of moving parts to a league structure um, and it will depend on how this league evolves. Um, if it becomes a stronger league, yeah. perhaps Valencia Huracanes only competes in the Spanish league. Um, we just don't know. It sounds like that could be very real one day, that, that last option as well. Like there's, I like that you're, you're there, you have a very clear pathway, but you're able to pivot depending on what comes your way. And I think that's, I, I think the beauty is who knows what it will look like in 10 years, but we do know it's going to look better than it does today and, and it's going to keep getting better. So I commend you for that. I think it's fantastic. Um, so really excited about what's happening domestically over there. Let's move to speak a little bit more about the national team now. So we saw late last year that Spain missed out on World Cup qualification do you see a time where Spain are in the World Cup? Or how obviously you do. How do we get there? We get there by implementing the strategy that we have now. Um, yes, Spain missed out the way, you know, on the world, next year's World Cup. And some people might say, well, it's such a shame with everything that you're doing that you don't have Spain competing. Um, and it's, to a degree, that's true. 
but it would have been a false victory had we been in the World Cup next year. Um, it would have been a false victory because we don't, yeah. we didn't have any infrastructure off the field to support that achievement. Um, which means if we fast track to four years and let's imagine we are in a World Cup in 2025, that's to celebrate. Why? Because we're going to have the whole country celebrating with us, knowing what rugby league is, participating in rugby league with a strong domestic rather than people that no one's ever heard of in a competition that exists. So, yeah, have been a blessing that we're not in the World Cup um, because it gives us somewhere really but not just it's not just about getting in a World Cup it's about taking a country with you to a World Cup um, and I think that's our, our key objective is here is the next four years is to close that gap with the established nations um, we've shown yeah. already even with a lack of in- infrastructure we've shown we can compete now we've got to show that we can close that gap with the infrastructure we're putting in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an incredibly positive way to look at it as well. And um, assume, assuming the Euros still go ahead at the end of the year, because we don't know. I get. I mean, international rugby league might be on hold for 2020, given everything that's happening around the world. But if we assume that maybe Euros are still happening, what do you expect? Spain, what sort of damage do you expect Spain to do in that competition later this year if it goes um, I felt very confident of where we were going to be, um, obviously, if everybody was playing rugby. Um, and to a degree, yep. that's the great unknown right now. So we have to be realistic. Um, no player has been able to train here for the last three weeks. We have three weeks minimum left yep. of lockdown because it was extended yesterday. So that's six weeks of not yeah. playing any rugby. Um, that reduces the time that we can play rugby in the build-up to the Euros. Um, but we're not just playing the Euros. We have um, we have the game in the Philippines uh, in July. Yep. Uh, we have two or three other games that we've arranged that we can't announce because we don't want to announce something only to cancel it. <laughs> yeah. um, so all of that affects where Spain will be. In the Euros. Now, if we'd been able to do all of that, it's logical that we would be more competitive than we were, say, last year when we weren't doing all of those things. But we also have to understand where we are in our strategy. You know, you don't implement a strategy and on day two suddenly become world beaters. That takes time to feed that strategy in. Um, So, again, it's... Sounds like sometimes I'm not answering a lot of your questions, but we're in such uncertainty right now, it's almost impossible to answer that question. But the truth is we will play more rugby in 2020, despite coronavirus, than was played in 2019. So that has has to put us in a stronger position. Yeah. That is that is a crazy crazy way to look at it, and that that Philippines match that if if it goes ahead that surprised me as well. Like that to me came out of nowhere. Like so much that's happening over there in Spain. What where how did that come about? And let's let's assume that it's still going ahead. Let's keep positive. How did it come about, and and what does that mean for rugby league? In okay, Spain? so a little history lesson. People might not realise that the Philippines was a colony of Spain. And that they share a, a friendship yep. day um, each year. It's celebrated um, due to a war and, and all the things that happened there, and, and the fact that they're still they're still friends despite all the things that have happened. Because that's not a typical relationship. Um, yeah. So that's really what brought it about. It was the friendship day celebrations. The Philippine. Uh, Rugby league team came to us and, and 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 proposed putting a game on. We talked about it. We, as you can imagine, lots of negotiations, different things, um, and it's really a great way to celebrate 
the friendship of the two countries with rugby league, which is known to be such an inclusive, family oriented sport. Um, so that's the why and, and how. Um, we've is to that though, because the Philippine Games were hoping would become um, one of a, a number of legs over in Asia. Um, and I think this is where it's really important that emerging nations support emerging nations. Um, it's, we need to grow the sport outside of the, the three kind of kingpins that we always talk about. We always talk about the Australian France. Um, but more emerging nations need to be playing games like this to showcase that we're a global sport. I, I, yeah, I love emerge. seeing these new rivalries emerge. And I think I love what you said about the emerging nations helping emerging nations. And it can be hard, you know, with limited funds and, and, and volunteers. Like, it can be difficult. So to make it part of a wider Asian tour would have been sensational. And is that something that this Friendship Cup, is that something that even if it doesn't happen this year because of what's going on around the world, is it something that you see happening annually? Well, you know, I don't want to say something just to someone re-quote back at me and say he was wrong. But I'm, I'm, you know, I was speaking with <laughs> yeah. the Philippines last week, and we're committed to either playing on that day, or if not, and it gets postponed, we will still play the game um, because that's something that we, we both as two nations are committed to doing. Um, obviously, if it's a successful event, why not repeat it as an annual thing? more nations in there um, but I guess I suppose what we've got to do is we've got to do it the first time to see if it's successful to then see if there's an appetite to repeat it but at the moment I would say speaking to the, the Philippines camp speaking to the Spanish camp absolutely there's a commitment to try and make this a, uh, a long term um, competition that we, that we do each and every year I think that would be amazing. Like Spain, Philippines, who would have thought, you know, and I guess people that listen to this show, you know, could only dream of, of stuff like that. And it could be a reality very soon or it will be a reality very soon. So that's awesome, mate. And man, I've, I've, I've learned so much about rugby league in Spain tonight. I, it's the sort of thing, it's a, it's a type of subject that I see bits and pieces from social media. And I try to get an understanding of exactly what's happening there. And a lot of people ask me questions and I'll try to answer it as best as I can. So I just want to thank you for giving us the time tonight to explain all of that. Let us know exactly where you're, where you're at very openly and on, honestly as well. You haven't come on and promised the world like some people might want to, or you, you're not saying exactly the things that some people might want to hear, but you're being very considered and very measured in your approach, and there's a plan there, and I just can't wait to see it unfold. So, mate, I just want to say big congratulations to yourself and to the team over there in helping grow grow the game. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add that we may have missed or, or any any final comments before? No, before I think um, I think it's interesting what you say and, and one of my biggest frustrations in in rugby league is that sometimes people are a bit too brass about what they're going to do. Um, and it doesn't unfold and, and so what happens is that as a sport we suddenly stop believing that progress can be made. Um, now, yep. this is you guys in Australia learning about what's happening in Spain, but I speak with emerging nations every single day, uh, planning, planning yep. things with them, organizing games. And I'm personally really excited by what is happening in locations that people would never imagine is happening. I'm talking Asia, I'm talking Africa, I'm talking South America. Um, yep. So I, I see that people are, they're not shouting from the rooftops what they're doing. They're just quietly going about their business in their own homes, about their own organizations. And this is going to be, this is a potentially really, really exciting uh, time for rugby league globally. Uh, that's, that's my message to anyone in Australia who's thinking that it's an Australian UK sport. Um, if the existing nations get behind those emerging nations, Something really, really incredible is going to happen with rugby league in the next five to ten years. It um, 
it really excites me to hear that because I know all of our listeners believe it. And um, we've been saying it for a long time. If, if the bigger nations can get behind the smaller nations, it's going to be great because we know this is the greatest game of all. And, you know, we, once people discover it, they agree. And it's it's going to take off. So, um, mate, I just big thank you for everything that you're doing. And, uh, Dean, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, buddy. Thanks, Pam. For, thanks, Luke, <laughs> for sticking around. I'm sure you enjoyed the, the Spanish chat. That's our episode for this week. Uh, Carbonara is listening carefully. He's judging every word that I say. I don't want you to think he's not here. He's giggling. And fuck yeah, Ganagari. <laughs> fuck yeah, Nawadi. See you guys. <laughs>